0: Welcome to Episode 51 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Jordan Vaughn, student at the University of Rochester School of Medicine, Northeastern Regional Representative on the RSA Medical Student Council and Vice Chair of the AAEM Diversity and Inclusion Committee speaks with Dr. L. E. Gomez, AAEM at-large board member, chair of the AAM Diversity and Inclusion Committee, and Assistant Professor at Howard University Hospital. Today, Mrs. Vaughn and Dr. Gomez discuss physician burnout, racism, and corporate misrepresentation.
1: We would first like to thank Dr. Gomez for joining us today and taking the time out from his busy schedule to speak with us. My name is Jordan Vaughn, and I serve as the vice chair on the RSA Diversity and Inclusion Committee. I have the honor of introducing Dr. Gomez today for a discussion on physician burnout, racism, and corporate misrepresentation. We are fortunate today to have the opportunity to pick the brain of a physician committed to eliminate inequality in emergency medicine. For our listeners who do not know Dr. Gomez, he serves as the Chair of Diversity and Inclusion for AEM, who was recently elected to our Board of Directors. He earned his MD at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City and trained at the University of Chicago Hospitals for Emergency Medicine. He's currently Assistant Professor at Howard University College of Medicine. Thank you, Dr. Gomez, and welcome.
2: Thank you for that kind welcome.
1: So, Dr. Gomez, take us a bit deeper into the concept of physician burnout and why you believe it is of particular relevance to minority physicians. First, why do you feel that the concept of physician burnout is a misrepresentation?
2: All right, so let's let's dive right in because I know most of us are, have heard enough about burnout and we recognize the scope of the problem is pretty broad, but not much about how it differs from, you know, for some other, other folks in our profession. So the concept of occupational burnout that results in unresolved job stress has been around for decades. The term originally comes from uh, psychology literature in the 70s. In fact, it was borrowed from looking at or descriptions of, of folks that were strung out on drugs, to be honest. So what we use it for now, obviously, is that the increased strain on physicians and demands that are outside of the control of uh, of professionals is uh, you know exponentially increasing the problem. And thankfully, some of our values here at AEM are protective. For instance, you know our our principle that physicians EDPs should be in control of their practice, not uh, not CMGs, should be a protective mechanism for us. We should be able to determine when we need to rest and recuperate. And unfortunately, we're increasingly treated as workers rather than self-regulated professionals, which only adds to stress. And I strongly feel that control of work environment is a big part of how we deal with emotional load and, you know, and the cognitive overload that is difficult for us to regulate. Our ability to judge when we need to rest and, and uh, balance the care that we're providing with our, our personal ideas of responsibility to our patients should be in our control and uh, not not in policies that are adding to the problem i'll give you for instance uh, the other day uh, a colleague of mine was distressed cuz they don't you know they don't allow him to have water that he brings his own bottled water that he brings by his workstation and you know osha and Jayco are going to discourage food near the work areas and we want to limit the transmission of disease but when there are no other provisions for water fountains in the workplace in a busy workplace where you can't just break it seems entirely, ridiculously stressful not to be able to have a, you know your own bottle of water there. So anyway, all this added to the cognitive overload that we're dealing with and emotional uh, load that we're dealing with can result in emotional discordance, you know. So recently what we've seen is that administrations, health systems have sound a huge alarm. And it seemed very ironic to me because maybe one of the best things about getting an MBA, I, at one point I... Got an MBA in my career was to have a view into how oversimplified the concepts of uh, operations and supply management can be when you apply them to people. You look at productivity and identify drags on productivity and then blame the source. So recently, there's been a lot of attention to how physicians can can fix the problem by uh, you know taking time off or working less, which is essentially you know it's tantamount to, to blaming the victim when in fact long time back, many docs were working incredibly hard, but because they were controlling their own life, their, their work-life balance more, they didn't experience the same levels of, of, uh, of these problems.
1: So there's this concept of the hypocortisolism theory and how it relates to stress. Can you just teach our listeners a little bit about that?
2: Right. So just uh, overviewing the HPA axis process of hypocortisolism. So on a physiologic level, it goes to that system of uh, stress response, where we have an amygdala response to act, you know, activation when we have a threat, and the fight or flight response. And you know it's adaptive in the moment when we when you feel a threat and then you are allowed to recover. But when you have uh, stress upon stress and sustained uh, levels of you know high blood pressure, it will lead to increased incidence of cardiovascular disease. Again, that you know the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Experiences this neuroendocrine emergency state that, when followed by rest, is fine. But what about when we're up all night or when we have other sources of stress? Because again, the stress is not the same for all of us. And one of the things that I try to call attention to is that minority physicians often experience heightened levels that are sustained, just like is the case in uh, minority and black communities across the country. I, I have a strong conviction that the persistent health disparities that we see in the Black community are really operating through the same systems as the things that lead to physician burnout.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned how stress can affect the HPA axis and how this is observed in minorities in the community or minority physicians. How do you feel that the misunderstanding of burnout is related to racism and discrimination?
2: So, yeah, Jordan, so that, that to me is the crux of the matter for uh, minority physicians and and the Black community and uh, minority communities in general. So we all know racism operates on multiple levels. There's institutionalized racism that pervades industries, including our our U.S. healthcare system. Then there's interpersonal racism, where you have implicit and explicit bias that affects our day-to-day interactions. And then possibly the most devastating is internalized racism, which is operating within our minds on a constant loop. All these things, all these levels are heightening stress and not allowing recuperation. So just leaving aside that the emergency department is a stressful environment, a lot of us negotiate these psychosocial stressors and you know, and they get commingled with our ideas of right and wrong and our ethics. And frankly, it, it never allows for us to come back to baseline. Not only are stresses attributable to, to the institutional construct, but then they get heightened by interpersonal re- interactions and even belief systems that we've internalized.
1: Yeah. So, Dr. Gomez, we have this term of burnout that has been addressed more frequently, even in the past five years, while also you see that a lot more physicians are starting to also consider the terms of like depression and suicide and different other things that kind of all encompass within this umbrella of burnout. How do you feel that the term burnout may mask depression?
2: A great question. Our AEM president, Dr. Dave Farsi, has done a couple of articles on this and uh, spoken out on this that depression needs to be destigmatized and that we, as physicians, tend to isolate and are less likely to reach out for help. We really should be more free and more open to using our resources and connections, but all of us, we tend to want to, you know, do it alone, especially ER docs, right? I think this is a challenging problem. And I think it's a particularly challenging problem for black physicians who are even less likely to feel safe confiding in allies. And uh, and we definitely take the mantra of a physician heal thyself way too far. So we need to be open and destigmatize the the concerns and not look at it as a personal failure or failure in the system, but a normal and reasonable reaction to a variety of things that we feel that we're experiencing as physicians. And this includes, by the way, when minority physicians point out that they are experiencing discrimination or or bigotry, and you have responses that are tantamount to white fragility with regard to recognizing it's real. So, you know, all these things are convoluted and into this or commingled into the degree of stress we're experiencing. And again, we we need to reach out and find ways to heal.
1: So it's so important. And I love that you brought up the importance of like normalizing and addressing burnout as well as depression. But how as minority physicians, can we be more aware as well as proactive in addressing physician burnout as it is related to the hypocortisolism theory?
2: So there's a, I believe, a lack of appreciation for how prevalent this is a problem in the minority community. And I think it's a huge part of health disparities in general. And a lot of the, the discussion has been around you know, social determinants of health to, to explain uh, health disparities. And the interesting thing is that more recent research has shown that it's not just poverty education and housing and, and the like. But that chronically elevated cortisol leads to poor sleep and poor food choices and self-medication and the same things that lead to higher rates of maternal infant mortality are the same things that are affecting folks in higher income brackets in terms of uh, depression, isolation and quote unquote burnout.
1: So for those specifically who fall victim, how do you feel that this negatively impacts professional performance and development?
2: Having a negative self-image is enough of a, a stereotype to like try to overcome. But one of the things that we struggle with, and I'm trying to promote, is greater mentorship to blunt the negative effects on uh, professional development. We need to specifically, regardless of what our you know backgrounds are, to uh, recognize that minority physicians are under a different type of stress, and they're going to require not just support, but also an understanding that they're going to see things differently. You know, we're going to see things differently, whether it's in my case as a man sitting in a room with a group of female physicians who are seeing things from a a non-male position um, or a group of, you know, white physicians trying to consider the perspective of, of a black physician. These are proactive positions that we can take individually to be open, to be understanding, to be receptive and you know allow for differences
1: awesome and what recommendations do you have if any for minority physicians in addressing burnout and facing depression head on i know you talked about a couple of things but are there any other more specific things that you like to add yes
2: yeah, so i would say yeah sorry to interrupt so yeah so i would say the first and foremost is understanding the physiologic basis for all of this i found it very healing to look at it and say, wow, hey, it's not my personal failing that I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling undue stress and not recovering. But recognizing that these things are adding that, that, um, things like interpersonal racism, when somebody makes an offhand comment that is enti- entirely inappropriate and I need to gather myself, first of all, it's entirely justified to call it to attention and, and bring it up for discussion, not be afraid to do that. And, and also understand that it's having a physiological effect on you and that you shouldn't just absorb it and uh, and push it down and that this is operating on various levels so you know we got to be aware that managers and administrators have their agendas when those agendas when they seem incongruent with a normal safe and healthy process then they probably are in fact a huge source of problem we can reach out to other people that's a big part of the reason that i uh, serve on the diversity and inclusion committee to get involved and be proactive, those are all ways to heal. And the other thing is I think we isolate each other. We isolate ourselves because we don't want to show ourselves to be frail or uh in need of support. But frankly we all need support. So the more we work together, the more likely we are to overcome these problems. So true.
1: Oh well, Dr. Gomez, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise and experiences as it pertains to stress and a physician burnout in minority communities. It's so evident that the effect of stress through the HPA axis leads to more than chronic hypertension, coronary artery disease, and strokes, depression and addiction, leading to obesity, joint disease, immune suppression, and higher rates of infections, autoimmune disease, and cancer in the minority community. We know that your goal is to rally peers to join you in supporting radical reform that allows equitable access to health care for all. And we would like to invite others that share similar interests to help Dr. Gomez in his efforts. It's been amazing. the multiple things and advice that you've given to minority physicians as well as allies in this podcast today. We thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure.
2: Thank you, Jordan. I really appreciate the time and I appreciate your questions. It's been really special to be able to do this and I hope we get to do it again soon.
0: Yep, great. Another podcast coming soon. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.